Hello. Okay, you can hear me. That's good. My name is Nick, and I am one of the pastors here at APA, and I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. If we didn't see you last week, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, yeah. Things going well so far? Have you eaten your weight in chocolate yet? I'm getting close. I don't feel... Somebody asked me if I had hit my if my like candy or chocolate quota yet this year and I I answered honestly I haven't hit mine but my wife thinks otherwise she thinks that we've already hit that point but anyways this wasn't written down and now I'll be in trouble later but that's okay uh, <laughs> today we are jumping into a brand new three-week sermon series on prayer and you know what this is a special series because for the first time since pastor dave started in september of 2021 he won't actually preach in the sermon series amazing right <laughs> i actually went back and looked through every sermon series that we've done in the last year and a bit and dave has preached in every single one of them but that streak will end in three weeks time Though, knowing Dave and how competitive he is, I could hear him listening to this sermon and then coming back at the end of January, claiming to be finishing off the series, but you and I know the truth. <laughs> History is being made. <laughs> Anyways, if you weren't here with us last week, you might be wondering, Nick, what are you talking about? What is going on? Where is Pastor Dave? Isn't January 8th like a little early in the year to be taking a vacation? No, Pastor Dave isn't on vacation. He's actually in Burundi the next couple of weeks, and he's going to be preaching 10 different times on prayer. He's partnering with the ministries of uh, two of our members here at APA, Elmer and Sherry Comont, and we're so excited for this opportunity to bless the church in Burundi and to have our lead pastor help fellow believers over there follow Jesus. So now that no one is worried about where Pastor Dave is, let's turn to the sermon series on prayer. We're really excited to jump into a topic that is so foundational to Christian life. Now, you may remember that we did a sermon series last February and March called Prayer for Normal People. If you weren't here for that series, I highly recommend going and checking that out. We've got it on our YouTube, on our podcast, and our, on our website. And what we did is we spent seven weeks focusing on the foundations of prayer. And so this new prayer series, we're going to build upon that foundation, now, I don't think that I'm alone in being excited to learn more about prayer. As a staff and board, we've been doing a deep dive into the questionnaires and focus groups that we did over the past year, as we were trying to see what God is speaking to APA as a church, as we go through the process of articulating our values. And you know what the number one thing that came up was? Across all demographics, what everybody seemed to want more of was prayer. More prayer, deeper prayer, community prayer, faith-filled prayer. And so this sermon series is an opportunity to lean into this shared desire for prayer here at APA. Next week, we get to hear from Elmer Comont, who's going to be speaking about faith-filled prayer, that it really works. And we'll get to hear some incredible stories of how God has answered prayer in his life. 
And then the week after that, we get to hear from mom and dad McAllister, also known as my parents, Darcy and Leehan. Uh, they'll be speaking on prayer and community and how when we pray together as the church, it leads us toward mission. These are going to be exciting weeks, and, and I hope that you don't miss them. But the title of this sermon today is the same as the series, Prayerfulness. We believe that the desires for prayer expressed throughout our community comes down to this concept of prayerfulness, living a life full of prayer and being a church full of prayer. So with that in mind, let's pray as we begin today's message. Jesus, we invite you into this space. Jesus, we ask that you would speak boldly and clearly um, to each and every person who is gathered here. God, we pray that you would help us to be a prayerful people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So our main text for today is Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to that. It'll also be up on the screen. I'll be reading out of the NLT. Verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, as I mentioned a moment ago, our, our sermon series is called Prayerfulness. Prayerfulness is what Paul is encouraging the Church of Philippi towards in our passage. And so today we're going to unpack that word, prayerfulness. And we're going to ask three simple questions. First, what is prayerfulness? Second, why is prayerfulness important? And then finally, how do we live out prayerfulness? So when you feel like all three of those questions have been answered, there's a pretty good chance that the service is wrapping up and you've made it through Nick's message. But let's start with the first question. What is prayerfulness? Now, I'm not going to lie. Prayerfulness is a really nice-sounding word. It's not like a word like moist that's just kind of like gross. Uh, it, it's really relaxing to say. You, you like take a deep breath in, and as you breathe out, you say prayerfulness. Oh, it's so nice. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. No, this is real. Okay, everybody, join with me. We're all going to take a deep breath, and we're going to say prayerfulness together, okay? Okay, deep breath in prayerfulness. Don't you feel better? <laughs> so when I found out that I was preaching on prayerfulness, I, I thought to myself, that's a really nice, relaxing word. This is going to be a breeze. And so then I sat down to start writing my sermon, and it hit me. What even is prayerfulness? Now, I grew up in the church. It's a word that I've heard quite often, and I thought that I kind of understood the word, like what it meant, but not well enough to explain it to someone else off the top of my head, which is a problem when you're supposed to be preaching on it, because that's pretty much your job. And so how did I rectify this lack of knowledge? Believe it or not, I didn't Google it. And the word prayerfulness itself isn't found anywhere in the Bible. And so what I did was I sat in my office, I closed my eyes, and I asked God for five minutes, what is prayerfulness? 
I just sat and listened. And after, after those five minutes, I decided to start writing what God had been speaking to me. I also asked a few people to read my little definition and explanation, to offer any insight, and this is what we came up with. Prayerfulness is a way of living. Founded in our relationship with God, prayer permeates everything we do and influences our actions. This brings transformation as we invite God to reign in every aspect of our lives. Prayerfulness embodies who we are called to be and how we are called to live. Now, later on, I did ask Google what prayerfulness meant. And the definition that came up was, was the idea of being inclined to pray. And I like this idea of having an inclination towards prayer, of prayer being a favored action, or of us being predisposed toward prayer. But I also believe that prayerfulness is so much more. It's more than an inclination. It's an entire lifestyle. It's not just an action. It speaks to a relationship with God. It means prayer isn't something that we just send off into the unknown. It impacts us. It brings about transformation. Prayerfulness also can't be applied to only certain parts of our lives. I can't say I'm totally a prayerful person because every time the Canucks play, I am inclined to pray for them. That is not prayerfulness. Prayerfulness applies to our whole lives. And as a side note, if you're one of those people praying for the Canucks, your prayers aren't working. You might want to crank it up a notch. Poor Canucks. They, they try so hard. Uh, anyways, as Christians, we are called to do much more than the lackluster definition. Prayer can be and should be more than just an activity. It should be a way of living. And that's exactly what we see in Philippians chapter 4. We see Paul giving an invitation to bring absolutely everything before God in prayer and to watch how that choice changes everything. It brings peace that guards our hearts and minds, all for the purpose of living in Christ. So that's why our little definition of prayerfulness goes far beyond an inclination, because prayerfulness is so much more. Now, prayerfulness is also a biblical concept that we see all throughout Scripture. It's not just in Philippians chapter 4. We know this because prayer is a major theme of the Bible. Right from the beginning of Genesis all the way to Revelation, prayer is constantly mentioned. I can say this with confidence because this week I opened up my concordance. Do you know what a concordance is? All the Bible college students are like, yes, Nick. <laughs> it's kind of like a dictionary. Uh, it lists every single word that is used in the Bible, but rather than giving you a definition, what it does is it tells you every verse in the Bible that mentions or uses that word. And so the title of my concordance that I have is the NIV Exhaustive Concordance. And let me tell you, it really is exhausting. I mean, exhaustive. I inherited it from my grandpa. Thanks, grandpa. And let me tell you, it is a behemoth. Like it's, like, it's way taller than most books. It's way thicker than most books. 
The good thing is that when I consult my um, concordance, I don't have to work out for that week, which is really nice. But I spent over an hour looking through my exhausting concordance, and I looked at every mention of prayer in the Bible. Prayer is referenced in the Bible approximately 600 times, depending on the translation. We know beyond a shadow of doubt that prayer is a major theme throughout the Bible. And when we look at biblical stories, we often see people who deeply value prayer as a way of life. Makes me think of stories like Daniel and the lion's den, found in Daniel chapter 6. Daniel maintains his practice of setting time aside to pray three times every day, even when that becomes outlawed. Daniel exemplifies prayerfulness. And when he is tossed into a lion's den as punishment, the text says nothing about Daniel fighting against his punishment, nothing about Daniel being anxious. Instead, what the text focuses on is the king. The king is the one scrambling, looking for a way to save Daniel, fasting all night as he worries for Daniel's safety, rushing to the lion's den in the morning to see what happens. Now, I imagine that Daniel is at peace, that he has faith in God to protect him. Why? Because he has spent time in prayer three times a day for his entire life. And as he lived a life of prayerfulness, it transformed him, giving him greater trust in God. And so the story ends with God sending an angel to close the lion's mouths. Daniel is safe, and the king makes a new law, allowing everyone to pray to Daniel's God. Now, while we see people in the Bible live prayerfully, we also see people who don't value prayer. Compare the story of Daniel with the story of Jonah. We went through the book of Jonah not that long ago, and in it we find Jonah, who is a prophet. It's essentially his job to pray to hear from the Lord, and then to share what he hears with those around him. And so when he's given a message that he doesn't like, a message to go and preach to the Ninevites who he hates, he stops praying. He runs away. And in the process, he encounters a giant storm that threatens to sink his boat, and he's swallowed by a fish, and he's only spit out after he chooses to pray. But for the rest of the book, he's absolutely miserable. Jonah doesn't live a prayerful life, even if he does pray, and he pays the consequences. Now, I'm not sure if you've ever picked up on this theme throughout the Bible, but amazing things tend to happen around those who are prayerful in the Bible. And then stories of failure and destruction usually focus on those who don't prioritize God, those who don't live a prayerful life. Now, that's not to say that living a prayerful life guarantees that everything is going to be amazing or that good things can't happen to those who don't pray. But the Bible makes it pretty clear. God wants to celebrate those who are prayerful. That's where we see miracles happen. And the stories of those who aren't prayerful are warnings that God doesn't approve of that way of living. So if we want to please God, all we need to do is pray, right? Well, no. God actually wants more than just prayers. See, there is a difference between reciting prayers and praying transformational prayers. And it comes down to a desire to change, to be transformed. 
Now, Pastor Dave often has, like, really funny jokes during his sermon, and so I decided to try and find one for this sermon series. And let me tell you, there were a lot of really corny, bad jokes. Things like people saying, why do we say amen at the end of a prayer instead of a women? Have you ever thought, wondered that? Somebody did, apparently. The answer, because we sing hymns and not hers. Isn't that awful? <sighs> at least we're all suffering together, though, right? Before, it was just me suffering by myself, but that's the beauty of community. We can suffer together. But then I came across a, a parent sharing what they had overheard their kid praying. It was this. Lord, if you can't make me a better boy, don't worry about it. I'm having a real good time like I am. <laughs> now, at first, I had a small laugh about it, but then it hit me. This is what we are talking about. As innocent as this child's prayer was, his prayer offered no desire to change to see transformation. And this got me thinking, how easy is it for us to slip into those same kinds of prayers as well? Jesus saw the danger in prayers of repetition rather than repentance. And so he actually teaches about it in a parable in Luke chapter 18, 9 to 14, that warns of this. Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you this, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Which of these two people prayed for transformation? The despised tax collector. In that one small moment, he demonstrates a desire for a prayerful life. While the Pharisee, with all of his rule following, his long prayers, his fasting, and his tithing, shows prayer without transformation, missing out on what it means to live a life of prayerfulness. So what is prayerfulness? Well, as demonstrated in Philippians 4, Prayerfulness is a way of living. It's founded in our relationship with God. Prayer permeates everything we do and influences our actions. This brings transformation as we invite God to reign in every aspect of our lives. Prayerfulness embodies who we are called to be and how we are called to live. Question number two. Why is prayerfulness important? Well, the simplest answer to this is because Jesus lived a life of prayerfulness. As Christians, we're supposed to live like Jesus, and all throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus prioritizing prayer, taking time away. There's even one instance of Jesus praying that particularly stands out to me, and that's in Luke 22, 42 to 44. Jesus is praying at the Mount of Olives right before he's arrested and crucified. 
This is what he says. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of spirit that his, spirit, that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. Jesus has spent so much time in prayer that when he is faced with agony, his first response is to pray. He is inclined to pray, and his prayer yearns for transformation, to have his will align with God's will, and as a result, he is strengthened. Jesus lived a life of prayerfulness, and so should we. But there's more to it than just saying we seek prayerfulness because that's how Jesus lived. Yes, that is a reason and probably the most important reason, but prayerfulness is important for its own reasons. As I've already said so many times this morning, prayerfulness brings about transformation. There are three types of transformation that I want to highlight this morning. I believe these are crucial for our church family. Uh, This is what got me fired up this week as I spent time in prayer. Number one, prayerfulness brings awareness. It shifts our attention away from ourselves. And man, do we ever need that. In this culture and society where we are bombarded with the message, it's all about me, Prayerfulness actively fights against self-absorption. How? Well, it shifts our attention to God's will. That's what we see when Jesus is praying at the Mount of Olives, saying, not my will, but your will be done. That's what we see in the Lord's Prayer where Jesus teaches us how to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. It's also what we see in Philippians 4. When we pray about everything, we prioritize God's perspective, focusing on his will. Prayerfulness actively fights against self-absorption. Notice how I didn't say prayer actively fights against self-absorption. Because we see in the story of the Pharisee and the tax collector that the Pharisee is spending time in prayer, but keeping the focus on himself and not God's will. That is not prayerfulness. Prayerfulness shifts our attention away from ourselves and brings an awareness of God's will instead. Prayerfulness brings awareness. The second thing that we see is that prayerfulness restores and maintains healthy relationships. First and foremost, prayerfulness is good for our relationship with God. Who would have thought praying, living a life of prayer, being in touch with God would be good for our relationship? Makes sense. As we grow in our awareness of God's will and actively choose to pursue his ways instead of our ways, it reestablishes that God is God and I am not. When we don't operate from this mindset, it leads to idolatry and sin, where we give something or someone other than God, the highest place in our lives. From this viewpoint, we can't have a healthy relationship with God because God wants to be first and foremost, and he won't settle for anything less. None of us are perfect. We we all struggle with remembering to put God first, but prayerfulness serves as a constant reminder that God is God and we are not. 
A life of prayerfulness helps us to continually submit the position of first and foremost to God. To some, this may seem daunting or scary, but the amazing thing about God is that when he is given authority in our lives, he uses it to draw closer to us. God doesn't just want us to grovel before him. He wants a relationship with us. He has adopted you and I as sons and daughters. We are co-heirs with Christ. And so when we give him a place of authority in our lives, it helps us to see him as the loving father that he is. I love how Philippians 4, 7 puts it. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. When we pray about everything, we live prayerfully and we get to experience God's peace as a result. This peace that guards our hearts and our minds. That's the kind of relationship that I long for with God. One where he loves each and every one of us, where he blesses us, his kids, with peace. And it starts with prayerfulness. Because prayerfulness restores and maintains a healthy relationship with God. But you know what? Prayerfulness doesn't just affect our relationship with God. It also has the opportunity to bring health to our relationships with each other. One thing that blew me away when I was going through my exhausting concordance was how Paul started and ended so many of his letters. He was constantly talking about how often he prayed for the churches that he wrote to. Not only that, but encouraging them to pray for him and for their fellow churches. Now, how do you think that Paul decided to write so many letters to so many churches? Spoiler alert, I don't think he had some sort of schedule where he was like, okay, Thursday I write to the Thessalonians, Friday I'll write to the Philippians, that's the end of my list, so then I'll go back to the Corinthians on Monday. No. <laughs> Paul was praying constantly for the church, for each church. And as he spent time in prayer, he was led to challenge and encourage them as God spoke to him. He hadn't even met some of these churches, and yet he was still praying for them and writing to them. Paul lived a prayerful life. As he pursued God's will, it led him to pray for his fellow believers. And this grew his heart for them, so much so that he couldn't, couldn't help but seek to help and encourage them however he could. This is something that we can do as well. And I don't mean writing scripture, but praying for each other, it makes a huge difference. Think about this. How often do you intentionally pray for your family? I mean deep prayers. How often do you pray for your church, for your community, for your country, for your world, your neighbors and coworkers? Not quick prayers where you briefly mention them, but deep prayers, praying God's best over them, asking God what his will is for them, asking God how you can be a part of helping them. It's actually incredible how that can change how we view one another. It becomes really hard to harbor anger, resentment, or frustration when we continually spend time in prayer for each other. 
because instead it leads us toward love. Now, a little insight into my life. I often try and do this when Rachel and I are having a fight. Yes, we fight sometimes. That's okay. It's normal. (laughs) But sometimes when things are getting a little heated between us, I'll stop myself and force myself to pray in my head for my wife, to ask God for his best for Rachel, to ask God to show me how he sees Rachel. And let me tell you, when I take that moment to really intentionally pray for my wife, not pray for her to change, but to pray God's best over her, takes the wind out of the, uh, out of the sails of that fight really quickly. It becomes a whole lot easier to forgive and move forward. And the more we pray for one another, the easier it becomes. Because prayerfulness restores and maintains healthy relationships. The final thing we see in this whole awareness thing is that prayerfulness leads to embodiment. It helps us to live how we are meant to live. This part of our spiritual development uh, as we learn to be more and more like Christ. And again, this is something that we see in our passage of Philippians 4. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. See, prayerfulness helps prepare us for life's ups and downs, just like what we saw in Daniel chapter 6. Daniel lived a prayerful life, and when presented with certain death, his response was one of faith. He embodied the life that God had called him to live. And so as we live prayerfully, God's peace will guard our hearts and minds as we too seek to live the embodied life that God calls us to live. It's really that simple. So how do we live out prayerfulness? It's just like our text this morning says. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Pray about everything. This isn't something that happens instantly. It's a skill that develops the more we practice it. The more you pray, the easier it is to pray about everything. Rachel and I have uh, consciously decided to try and live this out. When it comes to big decisions in our lives, whether it's buying a house or having a baby or where to work, we pray until both of us have heard from God. But we also pray about little decisions too, about how to use that, the money that we receive for Christmas. Uh, we pray about whether or not to buy clothes. We even pray about how we should spend our days. We pray until we hear from God, and then we respond accordingly. I mean, we're by no means perfect. This isn't something that we've figured out. Uh, We still struggle, and we're learning to pray more and more, but that's the beautiful thing about community. We have the opportunity to help each other follow Jesus in this way. And so when I'm consumed with worry or anxiety, Rachel challenges me to pray. One of my favorite tools to use when I'm having a conversation where someone is worried or anxious about a situation or decision is to ask a simple question. 
What is God speaking to you about this? If they've been praying about it, it typically brings a whole lot of peace as they remind themselves of what God has said in prayer. And if they haven't been praying about it, (laughs) it usually challenges them to bring everything to God in prayer. That's the beginning of how we live a life of prayerfulness. We pray about everything. So let's recap. What is prayerfulness? Prayerfulness is a way of living founded in our relationship with God. Prayer permeates everything we do and influences our actions. This brings transformation as we invite God to reign in every aspect of our lives. Prayerfulness embodies who we are called to be and how we are called to live. Why is prayerfulness important? Well, it brings awareness of God's will into our lives. It helps restore and maintain healthy relationships with God and with those around us. And prayerfulness helps us live an embodied life, preparing us for all of life's ups and downs. And finally, how do we live out prayerfulness? Simple. We start by praying about everything. As we close this morning, I want to give opportunity for each of us to pray prayerfully, to try out praying a transformational prayer. And so as the band plays, uh, we'll spend a couple of minutes praying. And this is what I want us to do. First off, ask God what we should pray for. Spend 30 seconds just listening giving God space to speak to you. Maybe you've never tried listening to God before or you've tried before, but you feel like you never hear anything. That's okay. Just take 30 seconds and listen. If something pops into your mind, pray for that thing. Don't worry about whether it's God or not. Trust the process and pray for it because it can't be a wrong thing to pray for because we're to pray about everything. And when you pray, think about how your prayers can bring about transformation. Ask yourself these questions. What is God's will for this person or situation? How can I bring health and love to this person or situation? For others, uh, maybe you're in a space where praying just feels like too much. Maybe you're hurting. Maybe you just need someone to pray over you. And I've got good news for you. We're going to have our prayer team up at the front. Prayer team, you can come now. I don't, I never talked to anybody. Hopefully we have a prayer team. If we do, they're awesome people. If we don't, I'll come and I'll be a prayer team. These people, I'm sure, would be happy to partner with you in prayer. And so we're going to take two minutes to do this, though you're welcome to take longer if you'd like. And then the worship team will lead us in a song. And so let me quickly pray, and then we will get started. Jesus, would you speak to us now as we take time to listen? Would you help us to pray transformational prayers? Would you speak loudly and clearly? Would you use this time to help us to be more and more like you? 
Would you use this time to bring peace to our bodies, minds, and spirits? Would you use this time to help us towards love? We want to live prayerful lives, God. Would you help us now? In Jesus' name, amen. Wherever you are, let's pray. Thank you.